Hey everyone, welcome to Middle Church. My name is Jackie Lewis. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And we are so delighted that you would come and worship with us today. Whether you're in a coffee shop, at your house, or gathered with friends to worship, welcome home. Welcome to this day on our Lenten journey. You gotta put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. Put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. You gotta put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. for all ages. Today, we're going to talk about gender. When people are born, doctors assign the newborn something called a biological sex. Many people think that there are only two biological sexes in the world, male and female. People also think that these two biological sexes are the only two genders, often translating into boy or girl. When people believe that there are only two ways to describe something, they believe in a binary. Now, when Miss Alicia was born, I was assigned female at birth, or AFAB for short. For most of my life, I thought I was a girl and then a woman because I was assigned female at birth. Turns out, nope, just because I was assigned female at birth doesn't necessarily mean I'm a girl. I identify as non-binary 
meaning that I don't identify fully as a man or a woman. However, I also identify as a woman still, or as a girl, or as a lady, or as a princess, or as a queen, because that still feels right with me. I feel most joyful, though, when I identify as non-binary femme because it encapsulates how I identify as a woman as well as how I identify outside the gender binary. Is that confusing? Honestly, it's kind of confusing for me. And it's my gender identity. And that's a-okay. What you call yourself and how you identify is entirely dependent on you and what term or terms makes your soul and heart and body find home in. Gender is not a separation between man and woman. Gender is a beautiful collage of different ways to find home within yourself. And here are just some of many gender identities. Friends, Whatever you call yourself, wherever you are in your gender journey, however you identify, God made you, you. You are loved, you are beautiful, you are sacred, just as you are. Can you say that with me as our final prayer? I am sacred just as I am. We are everybody. I'm caught up in the worship, y'all, watching it down here and talking to you up here. Uh, welcome back. Jackie Lewis here to let you know how middle is rising. First of all, we are in our season of Lent, and we're spending time together thinking about what it means for us to wade in the wilderness. Yes, a kind of strange phrase to say we are in these times of wildness, and how do we be a spiritual people? So we want you to stay with us these 40 days, um, come to worship, come to Bible study, come to chat and chew, attend our beautiful programs so that you too can feel centered in this close walk with God. Speaking of programs, of beautiful things planned for you, including our ongoing series right now of what we learned from Bill Hooks. So uh, please come with us on Tuesday night and hear the beautiful reflections of the people whose lives have been touched by Bell. You can register and be with us every Tuesday. We also have our ongoing monthly series, our Rising Salons, and we hope that you'll come and be with us on the 23rd as we do a special reflection on Women's History Month. We can't wait to be with you then. And finally, just to highlight today, we have a, a wonderful program called Just Be that's gonna be happening on Monday night at nine o'clock. So register for that and come and just be who you are as you are. This week also, we're going to be joining the nation to commemorate the violence that happened to um, our Asian siblings 
uh, last year this time. So stay tuned for an announcement for Wednesday night and Thursday opportunity to reflect on AAP lives. Listen, middle family, your lives are a prayer. Our conversations are a prayer. Our joy, our laughter, our dance, our activism is a prayer. But now in our morning prayer time, we'll be blessed by a song and then we'll gather again for the Lord's Prayer. Let us pray. Amen. Did that make your eyes water? I miss our sanctuary so much. And we miss you, middle choir women. Thank you all so much for that beautiful piece of music. Let us continue to pray, praying the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. Pray it in the way you learned it, the way you were most comfortable. Let us pray. Our creator who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your reign come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread 
and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for yours is the reign and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen, Ashe, may it be so. Peace be with you, middle family. Peace be with you, young people, old people, people all over the globe. Peace, peace be with you now and always. Unto God for all the blessings.
Amen and amen. Yes. What shall I give indeed? Happy Women's History Month. Blessed Lent, everybody. Um, today's scripture is found in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 24 through 34. And it reads as such. And a large crowd followed him and pressed him, pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering, suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had. And she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she said, if I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately her hemorrhage stopped and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Now immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing in on you? How can you say who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. The written word of God, may it be a blessing to all who hear and receive it. Will you pray with me? Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Make me, mold me, Fill me, use me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Can you imagine having something wrong with you that doctors can't quite sort out or, or fix or provide any relief from for 12 years? that doctors often make worse? Some of you don't actually have to imagine this. Some of you have been back and forth to the doctor for as long as you can remember. Some of you have spent years in hospitals. Some of you have simply stopped going at this point and just ignore the issue or figured out alternative pain management. Consider with me then this woman in the Gospel of Mark, often named for her, her ailment or her issue. You may even know this story as the woman with the issue of blood. Now, women in these early centuries were often described by their relationship to men, but scholars Maya Kotrosic and Hal Tossig remind us in their book on Mark that this gospel is littered with broken bodies whose defining qualities are their illness or, or social shame. We learn in this text that this woman spent everything she had on doctors and, and cures only to end up worse. Some of you don't have to imagine what that is like either. Some of you are currently trying to figure out how to close the gap between the care you actually need and deserve, I will add, and what your insurance will cover. Some of you have maxed out health savings accounts. Some of you choose between fresh groceries, shoe repair, rent, and medical debt. Some of you know how exhaustingly time-consuming and expensive poverty can be. 
Some of you know what it's like to have people not want to be around you, see strangers sneak looks, have folks not want to get too close because of some health issue you have no control over. I mean, we've all been living since around this time in 2020 with a six foot distance rule. We all became untouchables. So this woman who sat at the intersection of poverty, uh, social impurity, illness, yeah, she may hit a little bit different now, huh? In Tony Cade Bambara's book, The Salt Eaters, one of the characters says early on, are you sure, sweetheart, that you want to be well? Just so you're sure, sweetheart, and ready to be healed because wholeness is no trifling matter. A lot of weight when you're well. How far are you willing to go for your healing? You gotta want it. Enough for when the journey is awful. Enough for when the journey costs more than you thought it would. Somebody here with us in this little, little collection we have knows what it means to go all the way. Somebody here sat with their child through chemo, somebody who's endured painful medical treatments for the promise of relief on the other side, somebody enduring emotions that swing like a pendulum while their doctors try to write, write the, the balance of meds, somebody who's canceled their last few therapy appointments because they were too depressed to get out of bed, somebody who recently learned that the pain in their legs is caused by some weird reaction in their heart medication with their blood pressure pills. So they have to choose for much longer than they thought because doctors are like, whatever, you're old, this is just part of it. Had to choose a life that is sedentary, right? That keeps them alive, but no longer feels like a life because they're home alone. Somebody here today knows the price of the ticket. Are you sure, sweetheart, you want to be well? Take a breath with me. This is one of the things I love about the Gospel of Mark. The Jesus in this Gospel is His portrayal of Jesus is the most human, right? This Jesus sometimes gets things wrong and, and scholars will tell you in various commentaries, which I can give you a list of books that I referenced in this sermon, just hit me up, that Mark identifies the woman's pain with Jesus. That in fact, a critical condition of Mark's gospel is that Jesus's pain is a heartbreakingly mundane part of a world of illness, vulnerability, untimely death, self-inflicted injury, torture, and state-sanctioned murder. Just so you're sure, sweetheart, and ready to be healed, because wholeness is no trifling matter. This woman in our scripture today had tried all she knew to do. She spent all she had, and yet she had faith. She heard about Jesus and made a plan. If I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Now, it wasn't about the, the kind of faith that you read about in, in Hebrews 11, the, the, the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things seen. This was something different. And once the plan was carried out, Jesus says to the woman, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. The Greek word translated as faith here is pistis. Pistis doesn't just mean faith. 
It also means confidence, trust, reliability. Your confidence has made you well. The fact that you stayed the course has made you well. I'm curious among this collection of multi all the things here, um, who has heard of Angela Duckworth? I've been low-key obsessed for a while, particularly with her work on grit. Now, Google will tell you that in psychology, grit is a positive non-cognitive trait based on an individual's perseverance of effort combined with the passion for a particularly long uh, goal or end state, a powerful motivation to achieve an objective. Angela Duckworth simplifies all that to passion plus persistence for long-term achievement without looking for rewards. So let's look at this woman's story again and see how all of that fits into her faith. We know that her condition marginalized her in her community, made her a bit of an outcast or an untouchable. Yet, she came up with a plan and followed through. She was confident enough in her plan and its outcome that she broke social laws, coming in close contact with others in a crowd in order to get close enough to Jesus. And she violates male-female social code and religious law by touching Jesus. Jesus takes no active role in her healing. She is healed of her own initiative. If I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. It's only after the fact that Jesus is active, and it is only to remind the readers who have seen this time and time again in the gospel, that it was her grit and determination, her trust that made her well, her confidence. It was, like the book of James said, her faith plus her works. Now her healing is not the only result. Again, Jesus says to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. He calls her daughter. Remember earlier when I mentioned that women in this time period were usually identified by their relationship to men? This woman, having been outcast for 12 years, was no longer family to anyone. This woman's rule-breaking boldness re-established kinship. Communal grit, confidence, determination can be summed up in the word faith. Faith that your siblings in this community will show up to the same stick-to-itness that you bring. Faith that you are because they are and they are because of you. Faith that we are here for all of us. Faith that you and I are the ones we've been waiting for. Faith that as MLK said, the, the arc of the moral universe may be long, but it does bend toward justice. In this Women's History Month that just celebrated the 20th anniversary of Harriet Tubman's birthday, I am talking about a womanist kind of faith a traditionally capable kind of faith. Faith that says, mama, I'm walking to Canada. I'm taking you and a bunch of other slaves with me and receives a reply, it wouldn't be the first time. Faith that your grit, your tenacity, your determination are needed in the work for liberation and justice. Faith that heals a nation, that heals a world. Are you sure, sweetheart, that you want to be well? Just so you sure, sweetheart, and ready to be healed because wholeness is no trifling matter. A lot of weight when you're well. 
Beloved, I don't know that we live in a world that wants to be well. It took 120 years to pass a federal lynching bill. Russia's attacking Ukraine and there are murmurings of World War III. Racism and xenophobia's deep roots have become again, glaringly obvious in the way that news outlets are covering Ukraine refugees and who we think deserves to be war-torn. Russian police are arresting thousands in Russia for, for protesting the war in Ukraine. Russia's holding WNBA's Brittany Griner as a pawn in its war game. And here in the States, Ryan Coogler, Black Panther, Fruitville Station, that Ryan Coogler, had guns drawn on him for the crime of trying to get cash out of his own bank account in Georgia. And I've lost count of the anti-abortion and anti-trans legislation that will strip people of their basic human rights. Are you sure, sweetheart, that you wanna be well? This ain't what wellness looks like. This ain't what wholeness looks like. But those of us who know what it is supposed to look like, those of us who are holding the dream of God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, those of us who are showing up with the kind of faith that the woman from the passage had, the kind of faith that Harriet Tubman had, that womanist faith, that active and traditionally capable faith, we bear witness to it all. We know the price of the ticket. Movements are messy, Jackie has preached, but we have to move. And real talk, it's a lot to hold, a lot of weight when you're well, Bambara wrote. So as we bear this weight, may we share the burden of seeing fully the work while holding the dream. May we have comfort in knowing that we are doing this together. May the weight not immobilize us or, or make us jaded. May we, as Reverend Adam Clayton Powell would say, Keep the faith, baby. May it be so. Amen. Doria Notarnicola, and I use she, her pronouns. I've been a member of Middle since 2016. A friend of mine had suggested I check out Middle, and at first I wondered why he was suggesting that I check out a church. Was he looking for a way to help me deal with our very uh, complex relationship? And then I would ask questions about well, do they believe in the Trinity? And he was like, oh, he was like laughing and saying that, no, that's not what they're talking about. And so I was uh, intrigued. And when we met and I walked in with him, I was first greeted by Peter, who was incredibly warm and welcoming. And then Diane that showed us to seats. And that was just the beginning. I looked around in this beautiful sanctuary that was glowing with the warmth of all these people around me that were so diverse. And that is one of the many things that I love about Middle. 
the diversity in the ages, the ethnicities, the cultures, the backgrounds, and all together, here we are. And that was such an intriguing part of it. Then the music. I heard the gospel choir, the, the, the middle church choir, and then I heard the children's concert. And within two weeks, I became a member. And with middle, I, I find that all the parts of me have come together to be in middle. I am, you know, if, you know, if you're active in vote for voting rights reformed, we actually do things. We, we, we walk the talk. We um, part a butterfly. We make sandwiches and, and give them, actually give them hand to hand, look them in the face and, and give them lunches with little love notes in. And that's our butterfly outreach mission. The endless amount of parts of your personality, you can donate your gifts of your time. And of course, we also need, you know, the money. I donate a little bit each month and that helps and I donate my time and I hope that you will consider and join us and help us rebuild and create a world that you've dreamed of.
God, take these gifts that we have offered. May they be manna on our journey. And like manna, may we know that whatever we have given, as long as it is given in love, it is exactly the right amount. It is the amount that you have portioned for us, our work, our part in this revolutionary movement of love and justice. Our place to let the love inside of us meet the world's need, that we together might be changed. We live these gifts up in your heavenly name. Amen. You don't know me, but I'm your neighbor. I was raised here in this living hell. You don't know my kind in your world. Barely through the time will streets. Thank you, Natalie, for that gorgeous, beautiful sermon. Thank you, worship team, for putting together such great music and prayers uh, to surround the worship and, and to preach the word. Let me just say this, sweetheart, do you want to be made well? We will get well if we do it together. We will heal our souls and the world if we are courageous and bold and committed. And if we have each other's backs along this journey toward wellness, may God bless you and keep you. May God make God's face to shine upon you. May God lift up her countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.